many of you are part of this story that I'm about to speak about. Many of you met us or met me along the way in this journey. Some of you met me in Hackney. That's where you met me. I want to speak to you from scriptures in just a moment. Some of you met me in North London. Some of you met me in South London. And at that time, I was a young pastor and I was just actually wearing whatever I could find to wear at the time. As Pastor Riddell would always tell me, I was wearing scarf shoes, <laughs> right? Every time he mentions a testimony about me, he mentions what I wear. So now I found a way to get him back. I found a way to get him back because I actually... Okay, so Queen Angie talks about, I met you in Hackney. And in Hackney at the time, it was 2017. And you met me as a 27-year-old pastor. Some of you met me in Croydon. The Croydon is a city in London. And so we talk, we're talking about how young men and young women just decided to burn for God and take cities. I think the greatest gift that a leader can give to people is a city to take. I want to talk to you about how with no resources, about how with no income, we began to develop soldiers for Christ. Because it's very important to stir a new fire in you to take more cities and to take more individuals for the name of Jesus Christ. To be able to become a new level of soul winner. Whether it's going to be a Miriam Mola who becomes an author or whether it's going to be a Pastor Sam or a Pastor Ab or a Pastor Kunle in, in whatever capacity God wants to use them, the ability to take more cities. I want to announce to the Connect and the Pulse family, especially tonight, that our city-taking journey has just begun. That we are not just going to rest. And one of the things I have to recount tonight is especially the areas in which we have already taken. The fact that we can go into a Tulse Hill, you know, I have to recount to you tonight that I actually, this, 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 this city was actually taken, Tulse Hill, was actually taken because I made a bet with Pastor Onye. How about that? I bet him that I will go to Pastor Binter's house for three weeks. And I will just preach the word for three weeks. And he said to me that if you do that for three weeks, I will join the Pulse family. That's how the, the Pulse family of Pastor Onye started. He said, I will join the Pulse family. So I was in Pastor Binter's house, leading prayer, leading word for, for years and um, no, for weeks and weeks and weeks. Then Pastor Onye joined. I want to teach you about journeys and city taking tonight, but not in order to talk about city taking, but actually to talk about soul winning. That there are many people out there in those, in those days in Tulsa Hill, we actually saw that a, a man come in and he was he had charms. He had charms and all of a sudden young men were filled with the power of God and they took those charms from him. We saw revival in, in a certain phase and that revival, we can title it 2016, but that revival brought in many people. I could talk about going to Croydon. And I was sharing this with the Connect family a bit earlier. I remember when when Daniel Hector walks into the door and I remember he would always tell me that what actually caught him was the fact that I used to say this thing a lot it is either you're fully on or you're fully off 
that when we were on the roads, we would be fully on. That there was nothing that could take us off the roads. We had to be fully on the roads. We were fully participating in the things that we wanted to do. But when we walked into Craden, we were determined to take Craden for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there was nothing that would stop us from taking Craden. And it brought a Rodell through the doors. And when Rodell came through the doors, all we had at that time was we only had an instrument called the Word of God. And and for me personally, all I wanted to be was I wanted to be a general in God's army under his general. So when I saw PT, all I saw was a man that God was using and I wanted to be exactly like that man. So when I began to step into Christ and what I said to God was, please use me to take this city. When I stepped into Hackney, I said, Lord, use me to take this city. And I began to read through scriptures. I'm coming somewhere today. Because I want to ignite in you an, a, a, an ability to win souls. I want to ignite in you a, a, a rekindling of revival. Because without revival, let me tell you something. It was revival. That whatever people call Pastor Sam today, revival made him. If people call Pastor Sam, let me tell you, let's start with, if they call Pastor Sam a cheat, revival still made If they call Pastor Sam a great man, revival still made Because all people have seen over the last decade or few, four, yeah, decade actually, or few years is a man that has consistently pe preached week in, week out to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ and to talk about mentorship and being led by a man called PT, right? So now I'm looking and I'm seeing that God is now interested in raising a new army. So he first of all gives the, the, the base, the HQ, a mandate of five souls each. Spending time. And what you're going to hear from me right now is the making of a general. So he says, I'm spending time talking about the making of a general that each person watching me today especially if you're part of the nation family, each person watching me today will now begin to go out and raise five souls. They will begin to go out and win people for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and introduce them to the family because many times I've heard people speak about revival. I've heard, I've heard pastors because I grew up in a pastor's home. I've heard them talk about miracles. I heard them talk about revival. But what was the revival that God was doing in the land? He was actually creating a family. So what makes us stronger than any other movement in church was actually the fact that we are all family. What the world cannot understand is why a family can be this big. But you know why? Because we have one legacy. It's called the word. Let me slow down. Let's read some scriptures tonight. So I've told you already and I'm going back to it. I want to take you through a journey. I want to take you through when we first stepped into Craven. And it's very important for me. Let me tell you why. Because I needed to recount when we stepped into certain cities. Because now I'm, the next time we have this kind of meeting, I'll be recounting to you when we stepped into certain nations. So for me, it is important to recount this journey. Because when we stepped into Hackney, we stepped into a Miriam Mola. <laughs> when we stepped into Hackney, we stepped into an Isata. 
When we stepped into Hackney, we stepped into a Sam. I, some of you will not know Sam. But we stepped into all of these people. These were nations inside of these cities. These people became mobilizers. These people began to give their all to what we will now call the nation. So when we stepped into North London, oh my days. Let me tell you something about North London. At the time, me and Pastor Nicky were still strangers to one another. We didn't really know each other like that. We stepped into North London and all I knew was that we were going to preach the word. I know Pastor Kunlegi would have followed me there sometimes. All I knew was that I was going to preach the word there. There was one time we, we were getting excited. I think we finally, after PT had left and done his revival, we finally grew the fellowship to about 11 people. We got excited. The next week, four people came. Guess who the four people were? Myself, Pastor Nikki, Pastor Crystal, and Pastor David Boyle. Do you know what I did? I remember that day like it was yesterday. I opened my Bible to Proverbs chapter 23, verse 27. And I began to teach from Proverbs 23, verse 27. In fact, I might have to start from that scripture today. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 27. I began to teach from that because I knew that from that scripture, everything that makes the nation family comes. So if I start from that scripture today, permit me, but I'm going to, I'm actually going to the 1%. I'm going to Gideon. Over the next couple of days, I actually want to take you on this journey because I'm telling you, as PT was speaking tonight, I also feel in my own heart that there's a, a kindling of a soul winning revival. And that is going to take everybody from every nation to join hands together and to begin to win souls like never before. To burst into nations, to almost slightly enter, but then something can grow so big that it becomes the attention of the nation. I hope you know that one man entered into London and became the whole attention of one nation. A nation that is financially empowered, that could not control its young people. One man entered with a suitcase and he began to recruit a whole family and get the attention of that nation. And there were people that tried to do businesses before, they tried to do movements before, they even had British passports to start church. But they couldn't catch the attention of the nation. I want to talk to you tonight about the raising of an army. Proverbs 23, verse 27. My son, mm. give me your heart mm -hmm. and let your eyes delight in my ways. Mm. For an adulterous woman is a deep Sorry, pit. 27, 23, sorry. Go 27, 23. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Ah, oh, I love this. The generation of shepherds. So I began to preach for people, laying the foundation of mission. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. You know, I didn't come to preach to a world right now. I came to preach to people that would take care of the condition of young people all over the world. He said, be sure to know the condition of your flocks, yeah? 
Give careful attention to your herd. Give careful attention to your herd. So sometimes there was no time to go and gallivant the streets because we were too busy on our knees trying to discern the condition of the flocks. We spent years on our knees when we entered into North London. We spent years on our knees and we didn't get up from our knees until there was a light of God shining on the inside of us, letting us know that there will be people that we've assigned you to. So that even though I wasn't perfect, I didn't say I was perfect, but I was praying. Many times people want to be perfect before they pray. Many times people want to be perfect before they get closer to God, but I wasn't perfect. I was just praying because I needed to know the condition of the flock. Be sure to know the condition of your flocks, yeah? Give careful attention to your herds. Mm -hmm. For riches do not endure forever, mm. and the crown is not secure for all generations. So can I tell you the most important thing that God lays on the heart of his servants? He lays on the heart of his servants, people. So it was never about how good a person is. You know, when you go to church, people want to check how good you are. They want to check how great you've been, how holy you are. You know, you, you get pastors in church preaching about holiness. And I'm saying to you that that was not what it was about. What it was actually about was about people. And the fact that you can absorb the wrongs of others. So people should never have to hide their wrongs from you because you were called to raise them to grow out of it. But what the church became was a place where you will reject people because of how they behave. But when I saw this scripture, when I was taught this scripture, what actually I was taught was to be careful to know the condition of your flocks. So as we go into a new phase where each person is going to be mandated to raise five people, what I'm saying to you now is be careful to know if I've got a Patrick in front of me, even though he may not be the leader of a full church, he's already started his church because he's got his five people that he's raising and he must be careful to know the condition of that flock. He must be able to labor, labor over that flock. Read on. And the crown is not secure for all generations. My days. For riches do not endure forever. So remember that for riches do not endure forever, meaning there is something that surpasses riches. Most times what people try to do for their whole life is they chase riches, but they don't understand that riches actually exist in somebody. So what we saw with the nation family is that the more we began to preach the word and people came, the more we increased the more we increase in resources why because riches do not actually endure forever but if you are able to know the state of your flock but i will get there so riches do not endure forever yeah and the crown is not secure for all generations yeah when the hay is removed mm -hmm. and new growth appears yeah and the grass from the hills is gathered in okay the lambs the lambs will provide you with clothing <laughs> go on and the goats with the price of a field. So this is how we then began to teach in North London. Remember, there was only four of us at the time. But then what began to happen after that is the next week we then had our highest number. We had our highest number. We had our highest number. And then once we had our highest number, the place began to bloom. So then from there, we were reassigned and then we came back to Croydon. 
I actually left Croydon before because there were some old people leading the place and I just told them, oh, Mom, I'm involved in some work and um, I won't be able to, to join you in the, in the mission that God has given you. And then, and then I remember that I just popped up in North London and I was preaching. And I remember the lady come up to me and said, so now you're in North London? I said, yes, the ministry is going perfect. And the, what then happened was Pastor Ebo and Pastor Charger and Pastor Annabelle then took over and then we came back to Croydon. And at that time, I remember there were people like Pastor Alex there at that time. And that's where we first encountered it, Pastor Alex. I remember there were other people in, and Pastor Ebo had opened his home at the time for just about 10, 15 people. And we walked into Croydon and from 10, 15 people, Croydon became hundreds of young people. So what we now begin to realize is that as we began to walk into these cities, what actually began to happen is that souls began to were being one. And then, then you would now have somebody like an Abba, who is now a pastor, but is also leading young people. Then from there, after Croydon, we got Croydon. I think Croydon divided into two at the time. You had C25 and you had CC, right? And then all of a sudden, Mission then took me to Hackney. Now, Hackney was... Hackney was Hackney. Pastor Miriam will be able to tell you. This was total women leadership. Pastor Miriam will be able to tell you. That's all I can say. I can't give you a witness of it. But look out for PT's Wisdom Wednesday tomorrow titled With Women. Oh, I said wisdom. Women. Um, or woe to men. <laughs> so, we went to Hackney. Let me tell you something. The reason why I announced what I announced to the Connect family today. Listen to this. In all the fellowships we had, we had to fight. We had to fight to financially keep our doors open. Imagine going to where you feel like you people you've advertised. You know, remember when you do the flyer stuff, right? And then your leader will be pressing, have you shared the flyer? Have you shared the flyer? You advertise. And then when you advertise, what then happens is you get there and the person that's supposed to let you into the building is telling you, no, you haven't paid this week. But you've only got one hour. Not even an hour. You've got 15 minutes to sort out that situation because there are people that are coming to... You've even told them that God has told you tonight that you're going to preach a mighty word. <laughs> that there's a mighty word waiting for them tonight but you're going, but the door's locked. Now you've got to look for, at the time, probably about 700 pounds to make sure that the door is open. Maybe if I have to look for 700 pounds now, I can make it, but that, trust me, then, you're telling you that you're in, seven, you're in 700 pounds debt. Then it was like you were in 7,000 pounds debt. And if until it's cleared, you can't enter into this building. We fought financially. To keep those doors open. Let me tell you, I'm telling you something tonight because <laughs> I'm not even gonna read that. <laughs> we fought financially to keep those doors open. We fought to make sure, and I need to tell you because this is why you are included in the one percent. Some of you fought to make sure that souls came down no matter what. You ordered cabs 
for souls in order to build a family. This is what I have come to campaign to you tonight. You make sure that you had to go and pick somebody up from the other side of London just to make sure they came down to hear the word. I need to remind you of the kindling of revival so that you can understand something about what God is about to do in our generation. Remember the same way you walked into cities is the same way you will walk into nations. So now, I, you know, I just remembered something. Coaches, coaches, don't even get me started with coaches. I have to mention this though. I remember Sharifa's first hair color. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get to coaches, but I just had to, something just flashed in my face very quickly. A young lady with blue hair. Some of you don't know she well you will know Sharifa because she's doing amazingly now. So Sharifa's first picture, I believe we held a barbecue. Even the barbecue you'll be fighting people, the admins will be fighting people. Have you sent your have you sent your the contribution? Have you sent your contribution? And people will be like, I'm sending, I'm sending, check the account. It's not in the account. <laughs> check the account, check the account. Oh, she'll be there now, she'll be there now. 3 p.m. The money is not there yet. <laughs> You know the tactics that you do when you're pressed for finances? That is, no, it'll be there by free. It'll be there. It's just that the bank is the, the bank, the bank. <laughs> All for the love of souls. So Pastor Oni rightly said that we even ordered coaches. Let me tell you, there was a time where a young man, I won't mention the young man's name, he ordered coaches to the point that he ordered it down and he didn't even know how to pay for the remainder of the money. Pastor Lissa's at the back shaking her head. <laughs> but let me tell you something, all for the love of souls. It was more like we didn't even, we didn't even know how we were going to deal with the next hour. But we were just going to do it anyway. We didn't have anything that we could say that we can balance on. There's this coming in or there's that coming in. But we were just going to do it. So we're at the end and he's coming and said, um, Sir, 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 uh, you know, there's an outstanding balance. And I think the outstanding balance was in the thousands. Imagine then, let me even just say some places. Then you've gone into, remember that from Hackney it became Eastside. So from Hackney, it became Eastside, and from Eastside, then you got people like PK and P. Stephen bringing the whole of Newham to church. This is how a group of young people began to take a city through the word of God. Remember my point, if you're going to take a city, then you can also take a nation. But same way we walked into cities, is the same way we're going to walk into nations, but it's going to it's going to take everybody becoming a general in their own right and taking five souls by the scruff of the neck and saying, I'm not letting you go. You are going to listen to the word and grow according to the word. They were saving souls in serious business. Remember that? Yes. Saving souls is serious business. And unfortunately for us, business don't stop. Business doesn't have a down moment. Business doesn't have a cold day. 
We, we say so to the point that the souls began to sit, they began to steal from us. But we had to say things like, if souls don't steal from us, who would they steal from? We became a, a home and a hub for souls. We took young boys off the street and instead of drugs, we gave them an office in order to deal coin and to, to do what they needed to do to learn how to trade. We gave them an office. We gave them a platform. We gave them opportunity. That's what we did in the city of London. That's how we began to take a nation. We opened our homes to people that we did not know and we still open our homes to people that we do not know in order to raise young people because sometimes their moms and their dads will abandon those young people on the street. But I also know of a young man whose dad was almost or had virtually abandoned him. These people that 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 you we see on a daily basis have been left to the the techniques and the mechanisms of the of the oppressor. So now there is a system that is oppressing our generation and we decided to stand up for that generation and we came up with things like saving souls was serious business. Trust me, the, the many times people think that driving the G-Wagon was all great and good and yes, you can think it was all great and good but let me tell you something, saving souls is serious business. If it took a G-Wagon to win a soul, if it took a Range Rover or a Bentley or a Rolls Royce to win a soul, let me tell you, we'll drive it a hundred times over and the abuse or the, the, the names that they will call us, we will take them times a hundred because anything to save a soul. These souls that we began to save, out of them we took the ones that God was looking for at a time and we began to allow those souls to grow. I have to remind you of this today because I know, I know now God is driving in your heart for a revival of soul winning. Not like soul winning was ever dead, but we're going to take it to the next level. So there's a young man I know, but I need to teach you. I've got about 20 minutes left just to teach you. Judges chapter 6, let me take you to why I titled today The 1%. Remember that at the time when we started doing everything we started doing, we weren't qualified to do it. We didn't have pastoral training. I didn't go to no school. <laughs> Prison taught me how to pastor. <laughs> just bumped into Pastor Toby. Literally bumped in, mom would say, no, there's one young pastor in London. I want to take you to him, you'll like him. And truly, I did like him. But all I did was follow him. You can't say that that person will know how to pastor. He won't know how to pastor. He's just going to learn on the ropes. You know, at the time you're learning how to pastor, you learn how to pastor, so-and-so just got hit up. You know, when you get the reports that so-and-so just got hit up or robbed or this, that and the other, and you're getting those reports live. These are the things that you're going through as a soul winner because you want to win that person over to the kingdom of God. You're looking for ways to get someone financially empowered because you know if they're not financially empowered, then you cannot bring them to the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, one of the things in the hand of hell that keeps people away from the word of God is money. That's one I'll give you tonight. So you need to know the problem of, 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 a, of a soul that you're preaching to. But don't go and preach money to a person that is actually suffering from being afraid. Because you can give them money, but they might not actually be, they might not need money. They're actually just suffering from fear. 
Judges chapter 6. Let me read from there and I can close. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Mm. And for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Mm. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, mm. the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves and strongholds. Mm. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites and other eastern peoples <laughs> invaded the country. My days. So imagine a whole community, a whole nation was handed over to the power of neighboring countries. The, the system, the people of Israel were handed over to a system. And these people were being oppressed by this system. Every time they tried to grow something, every time they tried to do something, guess what will happen? The Midianites, the neighboring countries will come and invade them. They would invade them. You can't look at the young black people of today and say they're not being invaded. Finances they don't have. They're taught to live with the, with the bare minimum. They're taught to be good boys and good girls in a system that does not have any space for them. But the Bible tells them that actually these guys were handed over to the power of the Midianites. They were handed over to the power of oppression for a time because they had done evil in the sight of God. But guess what was happening? So what happened after? They camped on the land and mm -hmm. ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel. They camped on their land. They did not allow them to build a community. They did not allow them to build resources. They camped there. They, they camped with the children of Israel because they knew that they had power over them. And what happens to people when they're suppressed for so long, eventually there has to be a family that comes along and says enough is enough. Not with violence, but with the word. They, in fact, there have, been, there have been institutions that tried violence before now. Martin Luther King came with peaceful protests. It didn't work. Malcolm X came with violence and the nation of Islam. It didn't work. Black Panthers came with violence. It didn't work. But nobody actually came with the word. So now God has sent us with the word in order to free a generation that has been oppressed. I hope you know we are at the verge of history right now. The verge of nation taking. So he sent us to a family has to come. Thank you, Pastor Miriam. A family has to come to intercept because until that family comes, there will be a continued oppression. There's no way you can't say that the, the children of, no, not the children of Israel, the black community, black people are suffering from oppression. There's no way, even in Britain, you can't, someone will say, oh, well, I'm not in Africa, I'm in Britain. I'm saying, well, look, in Britain, they allow you to look like a grasshopper. And then what you do is that you'll be sending money back home to Africa and they will be thinking you're a king. They don't know that you're working as a cleaner. Do you know that they, I, was, I think me and Pastor Oni was talking about this, they actually created a role called cleaner. Knowing that somebody will feel it. No, as in, a man built a company, then he created a role for people to clean what he built. Because he knows that there will be people that will fill that role. Nothing wrong with cleaner though. So they oppressed them, yes, go for it. And did not spare a living thing for Israel, mm -hmm. neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. Uh -huh. They came up with their livestock mm -hmm. and their tents like swarms of locusts. 
Go for it. It was impossible to count them or their camels. Mm. They invaded the land to ravage it. Mm. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. So listen, the Bible tells us that Midian so impoverished the, Mid um, the Israelites that they cried out for help. This, this, so no one can't tell me that it, a nation can't make a certain people poor. Because Midians came in and ravaged whatever the Israelites were producing. But let me tell you something about the Israelites. The Israelites eventually learned how to overcome. You know, the thing is, right? The black people and the Israelites in, let's say, the United Kingdom, they're about the same number. So in the United Kingdom, there's probably about 60 million people. But then out of those 60 million people, there's about 1.8 million black people. Right? And you would think, oh, maybe that's why we're not doing too well. But what about the Israelites? In every nation, the Israelites are the smallest. They're the smallest number, but they're the most felt economically. So now it's time for us to stop talking, to have a code, which is the word of God. This is our code. This is what we live by. To have this code, and then from this code, begin to forge a family that will begin to turn the economic tide. So when people come on to talk up and down, chatting and talking rubbish, it's because they, they're, they're oppressed. And the only way to express oppression is to abuse your fellow brother and sister. So what actually happens is that people will actually then begin to abuse one another because the oppressor, they're all afraid of the oppressor. So in, when the Midianites would come, if somebody dared try to build a business in Israel, the person next to them will come and say, you're a fool because you don't know that the Midianites are coming to destroy you. What makes people abuse one another? The person abusing the next person, that person is suffering by the hand of the oppressor. Oppression is dealing with them. They want to rise, but they're restricted. They want to do better than they're doing, but they can't. That is why people will abuse people. So now, when you see the scriptures, you will now understand that the Midianites so improvised the Israelites. But let's see what God did. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord mm -hmm. because of Midian, yeah. He sent them a prophet who said, yeah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Mm. I brought you up out of Egypt, mm. out of the land of slavery. Yeah. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, mm. and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. Yeah. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. Mm -hmm. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the God of the Amorites mm. in whose land you live. Yeah. But you have not listened to me. Go on. The angel of the Lord came and sat down. Under that was the... his word to the Israelites, right? Yes. Now listen to what he did after. Go for it. The angel of the Lord came mm. and sat down under the oak in Ophrah yeah. that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, mm. where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. <laughs> I can't even get there, but now we're now where we need to go. When I spoke to you and I said tonight will be titled The 1%, I want to first of all start off with a man who kindled the revival spirit in The 1%. This guy was sitting, was threshing um, wheat in a wine press. So what actually had happened is that even in the midst of oppression, what the children of Israel learned how to do was just to live with it. 
They found techniques and ways to hide from the oppressor. So what usually happens is even if we're in a system like the United Kingdom, people will just learn how to deal with it. Imagine people will quote to you uh, a law that suppresses them, but they're going to quote it to you because they've learned how to deal with the oppression. They don't ever question it. They don't ever think, can we break out of this? Can we break out of a one or a two K a month salary? Can we break out of this? Can we forge something that is bigger than what we could have ever imagined? No, they won't think of that. They will just learn how to deal with the oppressor. Learn how to live in the oppressor's land. But God then looks at a young man and he says, the angel of the Lord sat down by the tree. Go on. Where his son Gideon mm -hmm. was threshing wheat uh -huh. in a wine press. So sometimes you've got to skip a generation. And that's what God has done. He skipped a generation in order to speak to you and I. Because now we are the sons and daughters of a generation that was not able to question and rise up to fight against the hand of oppression. Now we are the sons and daughters, so he skips a generation and he comes to the son. And most times, let me tell you, that Gideon was not qualified or was not the person that had a CV to lead an army. So just in case you're looking at yourself as I'm not a mighty person. But Gideon was not the person that you would think. Gideon was fresh in wheat. He was hiding things from the oppressor. He's not one of those people that say, come, let's fight. You know, most times, the people that say, come, let's fight, ready for battle. When the battle's time to go, when it's time to go, you know that it's like, oh, bro, I swear down. Everything went, no, I was, I was, um, read the scripture. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, mm. he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Listen to that. So the angel of the Lord greets Gideon. Gideon's just been given a mandate. He's been given a mandate to go out there and win souls. He's been given a mandate to go and, and raise an army. But the first thing before he gets that mandate is the angel of the Lord greets him by telling him who he is. He greets him and tells him, um, um, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. This is a man that was hiding wheat from the enemy. Because if the enemy finds that he's threshing wheat, then guess what happens? They come and invade his land. But the first thing the angel does is he greets him and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior, yes? Pardon me, my lord, Gideon mm. replied. Yeah. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? So now we know why God appeared to Gideon. Because he had questions. So don't be afraid of your questions. If you're watching online, don't be afraid of the questions that bud in your heart. Those questions are there because you're a mighty warrior. They're not there because you are. Oh, I'm just doubting. I'm just doubting how things are going. Is this really this? this that, da, 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 da. Yeah, the, look, it's either questions or it's doubt. But I would rather it be questions that I will search out the answers for. That's why God brought me into this family because when I was actually growing, I had questions. So, um, so the Gideon says to the angel, pardon me. As in like, look, it's almost like he was ready for the angel. He said, pardon me. But if, go on, what did he say again? But if the Lord is with us. But if the Lord is with us. That's an audacious question, you know. Because if it was today's church, he said, the pastor comes and says, the Lord is with you. <laughs> you say, amen, sir. <laughs> Especially if it's an angel. Uh, imagine an angel appeared to some of us, said the Lord is with you. 
In fact, some of you will come on Periscope and tell us that an angel of the Lord just appeared to me. But for Gideon, it was more than angels. It was more than the supernatural. He had questions. He had questions that needed to be answered for a whole generation. So he said, excuse me, but if the Lord is with us, why is all of these things happening to us? What does the angel say? Where are all his wonders? Okay, so he then even begins to say, where are all his wonders? So he now understands that God actually had moved through a generation before now. He actually understands that God had raised people before now, but he says, where are all the wonders? I don't know if you ever got to a place where you're asking yourself, yes, I came to this point in the nation family, but now I'm asking myself, what is it next? Because if it's just around to see all your beautiful faces, I love them, but forgive me, I didn't come here for that. I came here to take cities. I didn't come here to get into a relationship and for my relationship to be spoken about. I didn't come here to then start being accepted by a family or not accepted by a family. I came here because I had questions. So I've got to leave the realm of little talk and I've got to get into the realm of nation taking. I didn't come here because I know what God has taken me from. And trust me, if it's just to do this, then I can do this all day long. But let me tell you, I didn't come here just to do this. I came here for assignment. So he says, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. What is going on? Go in the strength you have. You know, I'm speaking to a, a young lady and she, you almost feel like the person doesn't feel she has strength. But just because you can't, because you see weakness more, you won't recognize your strength. Don't worry about weakness. Go in the strength you have. And that might not be, that might not be apparent to you. But let me tell you, as a collective strength, we know that we are hardened soul winners. But let me finish this story because it's an fascinating one. And save Israel out of Midian's hand. Mm. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? Mm. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. Did you see that? Did you remember what I said about Gideon? Gideon's CV didn't match up to the role that God was about to give him. Gideon's doubts did not match up to the role that God is about to give him. So what now begins to happen is that God begins to actually transform he begins to transform a man even at his lowest. So it's not when you're at your best that God will come looking for you. Gideon says that my clan is the weakest. So I'm, I'm never surprised when it looks like the weakest among people are the ones that begin to rise the most. Because it's almost like every time somebody is the weakest, that's when God begins to show forth his strength most. Remember when Pastor Abba used to preach that preaching like over and over again to us? But I've got to move on because this is... So he said, my clan is the weakest here. And I am the least in my family. Uh -huh. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Hmm. Go on. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, hmm. 
Give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. Alright, let me leave that. So, I took you through that story and I'm going to take you through a bit more of it tomorrow, but I can't do it today. Because I now need to show you how we recruited 32,000 men. 32,000. Lined up behind the weakest. I need to say that again. 32,000 men lined up behind the weakest. But then, what started happening was, he began to challenge them with questions. So I said to one of the pastors today, I said, I need to see if you're a sinker or a swimmer. Don't go to war with 32,000 men and half of those men are sinkers. What that simply means was, he, he said that any of the people that are afraid, let them go back. So he put, his, he put on his um, speaker and he asked them, is there anybody afraid here? And people started to raise their hand. And those people, he had to send them back. He sent them back and then all of a sudden they got to another trial where they had to drink the water. He said, those who lie down to drink the water, send them back. But those who lap the water, those who kneel down for a minute just to drink it and lap it and put it in their mouth, those are your warriors. 32,000 people were reduced to 300 people. But again, we're going to go that to tomorrow. The next thing I need you to understand, because I, first of all, if you ask me, okay, peace, Sam, what are we going to do? If you ask me, what are we going to do in terms of winning, winning souls and, and stuff like that? Let me give you just one thing that I will leave you with today. There are two things that the world runs on. Number one is fear. Most times, the people that you will meet, even amongst you, are afraid of something. Have you ever seen a defensive person before? They're afraid of something. It could just be that they're afraid of being embarrassed. I've seen that a lot. But let me tell you, the world runs on fear. So, guess what happens? There is, you know what usually happened in churches? Pastors would use the fear of people in order to control them. So they're going to start, you know, that's where the thing of, oh, if you don't do this now, your blessing won't come. God won't give you money. You know, and people did that for a while. So a whole system was created around that. that if you don't tithe, then you won't be blessed. But mom tithed all, all her uh, life and she still wasn't blessed. But let me tell you something. It doesn't mean that I don't believe in the tithe. I believe in the tithe, but I, it, clearly there is something more than tithe. And the, the one thing I need to tell you now is if, if you actually then lead people on the second thing, what actually happens to you is you become the counter system for a generation to actually yield to. So as the world is being run on fear, even markets are run on fear. The economics of the world is run on fear. But as the world is running on fear, you are feeding people with faith. So what do we now need to see next? We need to see a generation of people that know how to feed people with faith. And you can't feed people with what you don't have. No, that's got to hit home quickly. 
You can't feed people with what's not there. You can have a system of security, but if faith is not there, then that's why I started with the journey because there were things that we had to sort out. I think God set us up in order to make sure that we can have situations where we have to use faith. When you get to your, your building and you're about to preach the word and you've been praying all day and you're about to preach the word and all of a sudden, the door is locked. Oh more you got to have faith for. But he talks about men. And that's what I had to come here to teach you today because it, for me, it's now setting up a generation of soul winners that know how to feed people with faith instead of fear. When people start to abuse you and they, you know, sometimes you're thinking, yeah, I want to win souls, but if I mention Spat Nation, then it's going to be this and this. But if you're able to locate what this person is afraid of, If you're able to locate what the person is afraid of, then you're able to feed them with faith. That's what you fed them with. So someone says, oh my days, um, um, yeah, what Spat Nation did was, oh, they began to sell dreams. Let me tell you when, you, when you began to look at that advert on TV and it looked like that food was very nice, then you bought it. <laughs> and it wasn't as nice as it looked. You just got sold a dream. So the whole world is selling dreams. You're not selling dreams, you're selling faith. So all you're talking about is that I have enough faith for the both of us. That if I turn to you and I tell you that I think you can prosper, it is based on my faith. And But you will be afraid of, don't be afraid of my faith, journey with me in this journey called faith. So all of a sudden when people hit a certain road, oh my days, let me just do this through scriptures. I love scriptures because it talks about faith in another way. Hebrews chapter 11, let's just close this off now. I've got five minutes to close it off. Go for it. Don't hear sermon. Go for it. By faith, mm. Moses, when he had grown up, mm. refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Okay. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God. It's my choice. Big Mac, small dreams. I love that. So, it's my choice to be mistreated. You know what I'm actually happy about now? I'm actually happy because I'm going to walk into places and speak the word where I know that people have doubts about, what, about the person standing in front of them. I'm happy about that. I'm happy because I know that inside of me exists the word of life. I know that many times there will be people that are called. I'm only out for the select few. Who are the 1%? Remember this, everybody. The 1% are always just ordinary men who decide to burn for God. Never forget that. Never forget the day in 2016 where PT picked up the mic and began to speak about ordinary men who burn for God. That day set something in the life of many of you watching me and many of you who are here today. So now I looked at Moses and Moses said that for by faith he refused to be amongst royalty. There were certain things I refused by faith. By faith, I just decided to stand in the middle of Croydon and preach the word. I decided to stand in Hackney and preach the word. I didn't know who I was going to meet there. I didn't know what situations I was going to meet there. I just knew that I had faith that the word works. I didn't know that it was going to make a pastor Riddell. I didn't know that I was going to meet a pastor Abba. I didn't know that a Belgian was going to walk in and steal all pastor Onye's milk. I didn't know. 
I was only really kicked you out because of milk, you know. <laughs> but look how you bounce back, you're in Kingdom Castle. <laughs> We didn't know those things. So as beautiful, and this is not to attack, but as beautiful as it is for Shemaiah to sit there with a notepad and write notes, it is better for me to then be able to say to Shemaiah, your next level of challenge is the mission of souls. By faith, continue. Moses, who when he had grown up, mm. refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. <laughs> refused to be known, you know. Go for it. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God mm. rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. <laughs> Go for it. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Yeah. By faith. He left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. All of these things happened. By what? Faith. If people are going to follow, it's going to be by what? Faith. Not theirs. Yours. If, look, it is, it is, it is the faith of the leader that made Eredel a soul winner. Because what you translate when you translate word is not great English, it is faith. So you can translate English but with no power because there's no faith behind it. What actually happens to a leader is when he sits on his knees to pray, what he's actually doing is he's exhibiting faith. So let me tell you, what happens to people is the reason why they cannot win souls is because there's no faith there. So you cannot counteract the fear that the person has brought. So now, if you want to win them, you're going to have to now get your, let me, not even get your, it is, you're going to now have to create a faith engine. Trust me, it was by faith. It was even faith that thought, ah, oh, maybe these people will come back next week. I remember the first time I saw Amanda. She was with some other girls that I don't even know their names anymore. They wanted to do something called flow with what? Faith. With faith. <laughs> Just flow. With faith disappeared. With faith was it? No, with faith stayed. Just flow left. Those those other guys were flow. But with faith stayed. She walks in. At the time she was a wildfire, right? She's Someone can step on her toe and she's just gonna she's just gonna look at that person. Like, yeah. You just like once we leave this church now. But now faith establishes. Is it enough for you to be established? Or are you going to reach the people that God has called you to via faith in order to establish them. Let's read this and finish. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. Mm. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. I don't think you heard that, but let's go on. I'll, that will be for tomorrow because I need to round up now. By faith, 
Passover and the application of blood, mm. so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Mm. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, mm. but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Mm. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. Go on. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. So that's where I wanted to start from tomorrow. The by faith, the prostitute Rahab. Do you know that everybody that we're hearing by faith were not perfect people? Mm. In fact, they were so imperfect that the name that they were had to remain. So I'm not asking you to go out and become great people. But there was an encounter that Rahab had by faith that changed her existence forever. By faith, Rahab welcomed the spies. There were holy people in that city. But it took a prostitute. It took a prostitute to welcome the spies. It didn't take the holy guys that knew God. I want you to hear this because I'm wondering how many Rahabs are out there that because of your faith, because of our faith, when I go out into the globe, I'm looking for Rahab. I'm not looking for mama so and so. I'm looking for Rahab. And it's, I'm not afraid to look for Rahab. No one said, oh yeah, he's going to go and look for Rahab. I'm not afraid because if you get a Rahab, you have a by faith. It takes a prostitute to believe, not a Pharisee. Because a Pharisee doesn't need God, a prostitute does. By faith. A man that needs God is a man that is weak. So you can't go to the strength of the nation because the strength of the nation has already zeroed out God. You go to those that are weak and can see their faults. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, welcomed the spies. Go for it. Was not killed with those who were disobedient. Mm. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets. You know, by tomorrow you would realize how a young man can be in the service of a guy whose eyes are going dim and take the nation. Just because of an encounter that he had with God. That is what we're called to nation family. So for me now, it's like, okay, if we can now create just, it doesn't even need to be 300 people. It just needs to be 20 people that decide to take on the mission at hand and take it seriously. And you will see how mighty those people grow. That's why I watch you through the journey. So we went into North London. We went into Hackney. We went into Croydon. We even went to Tulse Hill and I won the bet with Pastor Oni. And I said, I did my three weeks there. Because Pastor Binter used to beg Pastor Oni, beg him, beg him, beg him. Oh, can you come and do Tulse Hill Fellowship with me? Tulse Hill Fellowship with me. I shall be praying. Oh, yeah, the fire is going to burn here. The fire. And, and stuff like that. She used to beg him. So he said, Yeah, if P. Sam does um, three weeks here. Then I'll come. All of a sudden, that's what created toast fire. <laughs> now it's more like toast money, isn't it? Toast money. <laughs> the fire has now produced 
a system. What am I saying in all of this? Because I determined it's not going to be no more than an hour. <laughs> there are people now. This is our mission. Forget, first thing, forget your shortcomings, guys. Forget it. Pick up the mission of souls. So, I've been here for time. So, you see what happens to old furniture? It's either they reconstruct it or they throw it out. But what keeps us new is the mission of souls. So, so I wrote in my own notes today, I don't do sophisticated religion. You know, you know, we can use the fact that, yes, okay, fine, it's sophisticated. The only thing sophisticated about me can be what I wear. But by the time I open up my mouth, it's going to be the word of God. I'm not going to give you sophisticated, oh yeah, this is what we're trying to do in the nation family. We're trying to build, da, 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 da. no, we're not. We're, we're, we're Jesus guys, you understand? But it's just that we know how to also chill with the other side and, you know, we're there. We know. But let me tell you, we're fully Jesus, guys. Say, but there's, there's this allegation or that allegation. I said, everything is allegated. <laughs> it has not been allegated against. In fact, they even have an allegation against your family right now. Part of the in the nation. Whatever that means. I aim to stir you up, not with a major word, because I know there are some people watching and I wanted to, uh, there were some people that specifically messaged me and said, I will be watching tonight. And I wanted to stir up the fact that all we are after, all we want to do is that we want to win those who God has designated for us to win. So I said to the Connect family a bit earlier, if, you, if I go on a global mission, trust me, your mission intensifies. So that everybody is batting from, um, from where they are. So Bundles now called me and said, oh, Sam has picked up church business again. Huh? Said, ah, everybody's in trouble. But the world is afraid. And you are the faith that cancels out the fear. But you cannot give what you do not have. So for me, what is it? It's time to intercede for souls. It's time to push the boundaries like never before. Every leader is going to be like, look, where's your fight? I'm looking at, I'll be looking at Juliet. I'll say, where's your fight? Manuela, these are names in my heart. So that you got your fight. Leaders going out and grabbing their fight. In the people you evangelize to are your clients. I hope you know that. They're your clients. They're your business partners. Let me get techie. They're your husbands. I know that one. Um, evangelism will rise. <laughs> evangelism goes through the room. Everybody's trying to keep a straight face. Nah. 
Everything is in that evangelism. You know, we used to hear this a while back. You're thinking, how? How can this possibly be? <laughs> Until you saw how people made you in soul winning we saw as we won souls as we won souls we saw our finances increase as we won souls we saw the birthing I remember at one time it would be Zuriel in the office and then you'll be quickly meeting with a soul you'll quickly meet with a soul Pastor Quinley will go and quickly take a soul okay I just go quickly go and take this go talk to him and chop it up But now, you know, if I were you, I'll think to myself, when church reopens, how many people am I walking through that door with? If church reopens, if we do church again. I don't know because I'll be flying around. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But when church reopens, how many people am I walking through that door with? How many people am I getting to tune in on a Sunday to say Nation Family is on Sunday and I'm just inspiring others around me say, look, I've got these five people there on my watch list. Evangelism doesn't stop because the world is trying to stop. We continue. We win souls. I hope I can kindle a fire in you tonight as you go about your daily business. Saw people coming out. I saw Pastor Annabelle's um, video on Instagram. Someone said you're not supposed to be on so social media. Social media ban was rescinded, by the way. No, nobody was banned from social media, guys. Someone said, hmm? Downloading. That's true. But some people are like, I've been on social media for a month, isn't it? Evangelism never stops. So I'm just rounding up now. So you know what? Online. How do I round this up online? I wanna I wanna I wanna round it up. But for me. Every amazing video, yes, Pastor Annabelle's video, amazing. It's a virtual lockdown. But you know, today I read something. Let me just say this. I read six tips to a virtual lockdown. But the issue is, if we're on the virtual lockdown, how do we reach the tips? <laughs> you should send it to our WhatsApp. Because <laughs> we're on virtual lockdown, so we couldn't see the tips to the virtual lockdown. No, it's awesome. So winning, guys. Some, some people are in the nation, but they're not fully established yet. So winning. Create your list of five tonight. And if you don't have it yet, you're strategically winning certain souls. I already know it's going to be a mad season. I know it, I can feel it. 
I can feel it. Honestly. I don't know how to explain it, but I can feel it. So I look at everyone and I say, you know what? I've already announced something to the Connect family. I've already announced something to them and they already know what they have to do. But I also look at the Pulse. I thought Pulse was interesting for me tonight because I've met Pulse along the way. East Hackney Life, um, Tulse Hill. So I want us to go into a major drive of show winning as we all take on the mission of creating and building a global church. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Awesome. I think I can, I can round it up there tonight. I wanted to try and keep it an hour. I'm a bit over. I'm a bit over an hour. But I'm going to try my best to do this once a week with you. But you know what will help me do it once a week? Every service we have, five people that you're looking for. And everybody knows what kind of souls they should be winning though. So there are some of you that are sent to certain fields to win certain kind of souls. So if you accept the challenge today, just say I accept. On Periscope, you can just say I accept. I accept your challenge. And you don't have to be in London alone. From I know many people are watching me around the world. Wherever you're watching me from around the world, it's just I accept. I accept being a soul winner. I'm not just trying to do it. When I was saying it on Sunday, I wasn't saying I'm not just trying to hype you up because it's been a mad word. No. I, if I were you, I'd be tired of hearing mad word after mad word after mad word. But you know that the challenge that is on you is not, what the, is not expressing your capacity as a leader. But now somebody comes to challenge you and says whether you're going to be a sinker or a swimmer. I, I know many of you are going to swim. I accept. I accept to raise individuals. I accept to win souls. I accept it. I accepted it in 2013, seven years ago now, when I went to North London, Islington to go and raise souls with Pastor Nikki. I accepted it. I accepted it when we went to Hackney. And we was, I keep saying this, I did not know my left from my right. I was just sent and I accepted what I was sent into. You can have people that you accept to, you are sent to, and they can, they can backlash against you. They can talk to you and say who does he think he is or who does she think she is. They can be upset with you, but it doesn't change the fact that you're sent to that person. I accept. I accept that my life is for people. I accept these things. I accept that when all is said and done, it is just the people that I raise for the, on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ that I lay before him and say, Lord, I didn't come to heaven or I didn't come before you empty-handed. I'm not going to do that one. I accept. I want to accept that in the, in when the story of nations on, or the nation family is being, being written, they can talk about Pisam and his establishment of cities alongside Pastor Obi on Yeka, that he did not fail God. I accept God's mission.